Woohoo. Holy Spirit, we invite you. <laughs> Come and have your way. Holy Spirit, we need you. We, we can't do a thing without you. But you know what? When, when we choose to live life in the Spirit, led by you, by the Spirit, the pressure starts to go away. The, uh, the formulas that we think are going to make certain things happen suddenly become irrelevant in, in your presence, in the face of who you are and what you think about us. And so we're inviting you to take over, take over our thoughts, take over our hearts. We thank you for that spirit-to-spirit connection that we have with you all the time. Thank you that at this very moment, deep is crying into deep. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about anybody else. I felt that one. Deep is crying unto deep. It's that place, uh, the depth of who you are. The Spirit of God within you is continually connected to God's Spirit. There is no disconnect ever. In this spirit realm, spirit to spirit, there's never a disconnect. Our mind, our emotions, there can be disconnects, but not your spirit. So Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for being a nurturer, comforter, friend, life coach, everything we need. So I want to tell you a story. A couple of weeks ago, we had our National Day of Prayer. Uh, for, it's always the first Thursday of the month of May. And, um, and so we had a service, actually, in a church nearby here in Livermore. And a bunch of pastors were helping to lead, but, but it was, you know, everybody was praying together. We were declaring, crying out for God's mercy and God's goodness over America. Um, specifically, and um, but I was given the task. You know, we have different we have different pastors leading different parts of prayer, and I was given. And I, I knew I had about I was going to have about five minutes, five to seven minutes, which is not a lot of time. And and I was given the task of I got to, I got to pray. I I had to lead prayer for the government, the government of America. You know, from the mayor to the president, everything in between, and getting everyone to pray for that in five to seven minutes. So, I said, "Lord, I'm driving over to I'm driving over there, and I'm going, Lord, how would you like me to pray for the, the all the government for in, you know, a very very short span of time? How do I do that?" And um, it was a very hot day that day, and I had I had gone to the refrigerator. I, I, we've got water in our garage, but I went to the refrigerator. I got a bottle of water that a friend had given us. Actually, it was Domily gave me this bottle of water, and I had not drinking it yet. She gave it to us a long time ago, but it was nice and cold because it was in that refrigerator for a while. 
And I actually it was tucked in the back. That's why I never drank it. So, so I remembered it. And I'm like, I want that with me. So there I was driving there asking the Lord this question. And I pull out this bottle. So let me, hopefully it's coming up. I don't know why this isn't working, Matt. Can you forward it for me? Thank you. It's called Penta. It's purple. Would you, would you expect that from Domily? You like it, Domily? Okay. So, <clears throat> it's called Penta. So I'm drinking, I take a drink of this water. First of all, it's very cold. And, but it's super good. Seriously, I'm like going, whoa. I'm, I'm driving going, wow. I've not heard of this one. This is amazing. And I said, and the next thing that came out of my mouth, I said, I wonder, what does Pentecost? <laughs> then I started laughing because I had no idea what I said until after I said it. For those of you who are wondering what Pentecost is about, we're going to talk about that tonight because this is Pentecost weekend. And the Lord starts speaking to me and says, what the government of the United States needs is a move of my spirit, like on the day of Pentecost. That's the only thing that's going to change everything, is for God's spirit to move like he did on the day of Pentecost, when the fire fell on those disciples. Wow. Because some people have this impression, well, God can't really pour out his spirit in America because have you seen our government lately? We're making some bad choices. I'm just, I'm talking for other people right now. I'm just saying what people might say, you know, government's making horrible choices. Have you, you know, we're doing horrible things. God can't show his face here because look what we're doing. You know, we're desecrating our country, whatever. I've heard all this stuff. And my response is, oh, Really? Have you ever, did you check out the state of the government when the fire fell 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost? Because it was in a really bad place. Remember the time when Jesus was crucified? Really bad time in the government. Lots of corruption, horrible things. Horrible things going on. And God says, yeah, that's exactly why I have to come right here, right now. When, when Suzanne and I had lunch with Mario Murillo the day before he preached here about a month ago, um, he said something. The minute he said it, Suzanne started weeping on the spot, and then we all started crying. She does that. She's, she's that way. She senses things in the spirit, and then when she breaks, everything breaks. Um, and so, but what Mario said is he said, you know, on the day of Pentecost, he said it, it really wasn't the desperation of his followers that caused that to happen. It was God's desperation. And the minute he said that, uh, Matt, I'm going to need your help tonight. It's not working. Can you go forward? The minute he said that, um, can you take that back there and see? So the minute he said that, Suzanne starts crying. 
And, and we realized, I mean, right then, something in our spirit was just so resonating. That's right. It's always been about God's desperation. Sometimes we think that doesn't, you can't say that God's desperate. Well, he is in the sense of he's a, a jealous lover for his, for his people. He's extremely jealous for us in the, in the best of ways. And, and there, there was something about what he had to do. He had to break in because we had to have it. How could those guys cry out for something they didn't really ever experience yet? They didn't know what they were crying out for. Really. Um, they, they were obedient. Jesus said, I want you, something amazing is going to happen in a really short time. I want you to hang out together. Don't you do anything till this happens because you're going to need the Holy Spirit because he's the one that's going to go, go with you to change the world. You're going to need him. So they knew they were waiting for something. But they didn't know what they were waiting for. Um, can you go to the next one, Matt? Thank you. And so when they were crying out, they didn't know. They didn't know that God was going to show up in power. Holy Spirit was going to come on Shavuot, which is one of the three major Jewish festivals of the year, which means all Jews from all over the place were in Jerusalem right then. Hmm, what a, what a coincidence, huh? When God breaks out, that it's when everybody's showing up. And Shavuot is, is the, um, thank you. Shavuot is the celebration of the law being given to Moses. That's what they were celebrating on Shavuot. What did God say about the Holy Spirit, when my spirit comes, I'll just read it to you, it's from Hebrews, in, your, in their minds he's saying, I will plant my laws, writing them on their hearts, and I shall never more call their sins to mind or their offenses. On the day they're celebrating the law being given, he says, that's the day I'm going to imprint uh, my spirit right inside of your heart. You're going to know my heart. You're going to know right from wrong because I'm going to put it right inside of you. Shavuot, let me, and back to the disciples for a minute. They, see, we have these great sermons. I have these great sermons 2,000 years later to tell you all the amazing reasons why God picked that day. Those guys didn't know any of those things. They didn't. They were just waiting. And God says, I'm picking this day because it's my time. Here's, here's another thing about Shavuot. It's um, the first fruits of the harvest. They're celebrating the first fruits of the harvest, right? So on the day, God picks this day. Because on this day, what happens? That very day, about 3,000 were added to their number. Wow, that's the first fruits. That's the first fruits of billions of souls coming into the harvest. Because of what Jesus paid for. Wow. It's also the first fruits. Most of those first 3,000 followers were Jewish people who are now Jewish believers. They were all there for the festival. Jesus had been talking to them his whole life saying, your old system is broken. You need a new one. It's called grace. And so when he died, when Pentecost fell, when Peter preached, it was mostly Jews who came in. Most of those people were Jewish people. So it's also the first fruits of God bringing the Jewish people back to himself. That's, he picked that day. It's brilliant. 
My, here's my point, because we've been, I've been telling you even a couple of weeks ago, I, I've been saying we, we've entered into a new season. I'm going to repeat this again because it bears repeating, especially if you haven't been here. A few weeks ago, uh, about the time Mario was here, God spoke so clearly to my heart because he's promised me. I've seen, I've seen things in the spirit about, about his spirit sweeping through this region. Mario has seen much the same things. We, we both have been, uh, we both have been, you know, sitting on these promises for decades, crying them out to God. And God told me, he said, what for decades you've been trying to do, I will now do. That's the time we're in right now. I don't even have to hype that up. It just is. I, and and I'm, I've been around in the kingdom long enough to know that um, just because God starts something doesn't mean we see it all instantly. But we've entered into a very different season where he's going to make his children get it and come together as one. He's, he's going to bring the harvest. He's going to bring the, the revival, his spirit being poured out. Why? Because he says so because of his desperation. Because he chooses the time. See, we have this tendency to look back and we say, well, how did they do it? Let's see, they had 120 in the upper room. We, we, I guess we have to gather 120 people then. And what else happened? Let's see, you know, we go to other revivals and we say, well, there was, there was desperation. That's a, and that is a good thing. There was um, repentance. You know, so we start making a formula of if we do these things and God has to show up. Do you, do you know why there was repentance in those previous revivals? Because God showed up. He showed up in a dramatic way and suddenly things that people were okay with, they, they thought were okay in their lives, it wasn't okay in his presence anymore. And they had to, they had to turn and run and say, God, we want you. We've always wanted you. Why? Because they tasted of the real thing. See, and then we look back in history and we try to duplicate it and we're doing it all backwards. We're, we're, we're looking at their results because he showed up. We're looking at the results and saying, if we just duplicate the results, then he's got to show up. He's going to show up because he's going to show up because he's our father who longs for his kids. And he doesn't want to see us in a place where we don't have power and we don't have presence the way we were born for. That's why he shows up. Really. That's really why he shows up. So, I mean, do we have a part? Of course we do. We're here. We're hungry. We want him. We, we have tastes of him. It's really, really good. And there is so much more. We have settled, we have settled for way too little. We really have. And, and I know you know this. This is not a, this is not a putting anybody down sermon, but I think you know a big reason why we've settled for so little because we've gotten, we are, um, everything around us, all this, every, all the, um, gosh, everything to entertain us, everything, we've got, we don't have to be bored ever. We can, we can whatever. Watch TV, go to the movies, go to the ballpark, go dancing, go whatever. There's so much around us that just keeps our minds busy and occupied. And we're like, well, I think I'm happy because I did something fun today. And God does want us to enjoy life. Don't get me wrong. He wants us to enjoy life. But he wants to show up in such a dramatic way that everything ceases the way it was because we have a brand new understanding, a brand new experience of what we were always supposed to have. That's the time we're entering into. It, it is. 
Here's one more. This brilliant God of ours. Pentecost, believe it or not, Pentecost was not a name we made up after the Holy Spirit fell 2,000 years ago. We didn't look back and go, well, that was a cool event. What do we call it? Let's call it Pentecost. Pentecost actually existed. It already was a, a Jewish term, meaning 50. It, Shavuot is, you know, happens, Pentecost and Shavuot uh, happen simultaneously because it, Shavuot happens 50 days after the Passover celebration. Jesus died on the Passover. The Passover was Jew, Israel celebrating that when the spirit of death came over them when they were in Egypt, if they put the lamb's blood over their doorposts, God, the spirit of death passed over them and they were saved. That's Passover. Are you getting this yet? Jesus dies on Passover. His blood is over us. Any judgment that is supposed to come to us, death itself passes right over us. It doesn't touch us. And 50 days later, <laughs> we celebrate the law being put right inside of us, God's Spirit putting right inside of us, and the first fruits, which is called Pentecost. Brilliant. 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 I could go on. I, five more brilliance. I told you. <laughs> it's amazing. You th you, there's nothing about what God is doing that is, that is happenstance. Coincidence. Oh my goodness. It is so... It's brilliant. Did I use that word yet? So... When God speaks to my heart, by the way, the last couple of weeks, I've been, I've just been, well, gosh, I, my, my spirit has been so buoyed, you know, and yet, and at the same time, I've been dry, uh, crying at the drop of a hat all the time. Like he, I'm, my heart's been so sensitized to him in, in such a, an elevated way. Why did I do anything different? I really didn't. It was God saying now, now's the time I've talked to many other people. Um, who are experiencing very similar things. So, so here we go. There's, there's Shavuot, and that's the day the Holy Spirit falls. God says, this is the time I pick because of my desperation. So let's go ahead and look for just a minute at um, the book of Acts. Ah. See, I wanted to show you this picture. I'm going to read the book of Acts in just a second. This is an artist's rendition of the tongues of fire coming down on them in the upper room. I, I love this. I, I'm, not putting, I'm really not trying to put anybody down, but some of the pictures that, that look kind of like a little Bic lighter, you know, over each person's head. I just think it's far more dramatic than that. And I think... And I think this is a lot more accurate of what was happening in the spirit, whether they saw all that or not. We could just look at this for a while, you know, just kind of. If you're asking why my heart was, has suddenly been tenderized, you know, several more degrees in the last few weeks. That's the answer. 
he decided. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm feeling it more and more right now. Um, Exactly. You know, and just so you know, I've I've had laughing spells like that too, where I where I can't stop. And uh, <laughs> sometimes, honestly, I think we have been far too serious about. <laughs> about wanting God to show up and it's sincere it really is sincere when we're crying out and I just told you I just told you there are a lot of times where I've been crying in the last couple of weeks but even when I've been crying like at our at our elder meeting last uh, last week um, we started praying we, we had dinner together we were enjoying each other talking and then we started to pray and within 60 seconds I am just bawling on the floor i can't my head's hurting i'm crying so hard and uh susan as well just suddenly you know suddenly the god shows up but my just so you know my crying wasn't oh god where are you how you know we need you it was it was this it was this oh daddy papa daddy daddy you're here we need you daddy you're here you're here we need you you know we need this You know we need this, Lord. You know we need it. (laughs) Nothing short of you, nothing short of you is going to do, is going to suffice. So when Pentecost Day came around, see, it was Pentecost Day before this all happened. It was already Pentecost. When Pentecost Day came around, they had all met together, 120 of them. When suddenly there came from heaven a sound as if a violent wind, which filled the entire house in which they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire, And these separated and came to rest on the head of each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak different languages as the Spirit gave them power to express themselves. These were devout men living in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, they all assembled. All these people, I'm sorry, I... Use the wrong word. There, there were devout men in Jerusalem. So all these Jerusalem uh, men and women assembled, and each one was bewildered to hear these men speaking in their own language. They were amazed and they were astonished. Surely they said, "All these 
uh, men are speaking, are they, they're Galileans. So how does it happen that each of us hears them in his own native language? And then they list off a whole bunch of places, nations that they're hearing. And it says, we hear them preaching in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. A lot of times we focus so much on the manifestation of the spirit falling. Understandably, that was pretty dramatic. That, that line skips us right by. They were all in their own languages hearing this tongues being spoken, but they're hearing it in their own language and they're saying, and what are they, what are they speaking about? The wonderful things God has done. Wouldn't that be interesting to know what the Holy, they didn't know what they were speaking. People in tongues, they did not know what they were saying, but those from the other languages were hearing them in their own language. What would the Holy Spirit have chosen to say through them about the wonderful things of God? Guaranteed it had to do with a man named Jesus and all that he had just purchased for them. But wouldn't that be fascinating? See, we're, which tells you we're given the Spirit. Yes, for power, absolutely. But we're given the Spirit to tell of the wonderful things God has done. It's a big part of what we have the Spirit for. But sometimes we need the courage to go do that. And the Spirit will give us that courage. And so I just want to read one more verse. That was all in the beginning of Acts chapter 2. And then one more verse. Um, in verse 17. In the last days, the Lord declares, I shall pour out my spirit on all flesh, on all humanity. All humanity. He's not going to skip over anybody. That's what it says. I think you know this because the stories are quite um, prolific now out there, but Muslim nations, communist nations, it doesn't matter where it is. The gospel is spreading like wildfire. People are getting woken up in the middle of the night seeing visions of Jesus. He's not passing by anybody. See, in, in, in the church, we've had some pretty bad theology that, well, God can't really show up and, you know, until you accept Jesus, he won't really show you much. That just doesn't work. First of all, none of us would be saved. But, there, but this also answers the question, the people that say, well, what about the person in, you know, wherever, Timbuktu, who doesn't hear about Jesus? Oh, take them to that verse. Well, what my Bible says is that God's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Not going to pass over anybody. So let me use a couple of word... Well, pictures that are better than words. Oh, here we go. This is what we just said. Oh, here's... Oh, gosh. I have all these great things I didn't even show you. There's Acts 2. And here we are. This is another way of saying it. I will give my spirit to everyone. Now, so what would it look like? What does that look like for God's spirit to be all around, showing up everywhere? Check this out. 
Angela, wherever you are, you still here, and other dancers in the room. We all can dance, by the way. Um, we don't have to leave it to a select few. Whenever you get really happy in here, you have our permission to dance wherever you want to, okay? If you get up on the chairs, take your shoes off, okay? Um, what if whenever you danced, you knew this was happening in the spirit? Because it is. There are people who see in the spirit and they explain all kinds of things like this about the colors, the angels, all kinds of stuff going on when we are worshiping and not just when we're worshiping, but, but they do explain it here when we're worshiping. What if, so there's one, here's another one. We had a violin player tonight. Or what if, what if we knew this was happening in the spirit when we were playing for the Lord? Because it is. And obviously I had this picture in my mind tonight because I chose it earlier, but I, I watched earlier and I could, I could see it in my spirit. I'm like, oh, there's... And then I started looking around at the different instruments. I, was, it, I could just see some things that, got, that was happening in the spirit in each instrument. I can only imagine what happens out of a shofar. I'm just saying... Or, or if we knew this was happening when we were worshiping. Or this when we were praying in the Spirit. See, this is happening. We don't, we don't see everything yet. We see in part. We know in part, we see in part. But the spirit world is more real than this one that we're looking at. What if you could see this going on in the spirit when you held your hands out to God and said yes to him, using you any way that he wanted to? Could you guys hold your hands out? And would you, if you want you to say, Lord, use me and use these hands. Any way that you want to. Uh-huh. We're going to keep going. Or what if you saw your hands glowing with his glory whenever you reached out to touch someone with his healing power? See, my point is, if we saw everything that was going on in the Spirit, how do you think that might impact us? How we worshipped, how we, how we prayed for people, but this is really going on. The glory of God is in you. People who see in the Spirit talk about often how your Spirit, especially those of you who have, who have developed you know, over time, this deep intimacy with the Lord that your spirit is like huge and goes way out here, you know. Some people see that. Is that weird? I don't think so. I think it's awesome. Because, because we were born primarily spirit beings. We really were. And, and by not, especially in, in America, there are some third world countries where this is, they know all this stuff. Like, this is so easy for them to believe it because it's what they grew up with. The spirit is, is accentuated. Here, it's kind of put down here somewhere and the mind and the emotions are put up here. This is what's real. This is the more real part of you.
And what if you could see the world like this, filled with his glory? Isn't that what Isaiah 6.3 says? Filled. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth is filled with his glory. What does that mean? It's filled with his glory. What does that mean? I don't know fully, but we, we gotta let our imaginations go there. We gotta let our spirits go there to say, God, just how good is this really? Just what are we really living in? Everything I just showed you is, is straight out of the scriptures. I'm not, I'm not making these things up. And Jesus said, whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within them. Holy Spirit, right out of you. To the world. That's what we were born for. So I could talk more, but what I want to do is actually have a couple other people share some Holy Spirit encounters with you. Um, Because what you're going to discover, first of all, I hope it really makes you hungry for more and more. But what you're also going to discover is as we talk, as different people share, you're going to see the diversity of Holy Spirit, how he moves differently with different people. Because it isn't, it isn't cookie cutter. Holy Spirit, he is way more uh, creative than that. It's just not cookie cutter. So, um, Misha, are you around? She will be back. Okay, we're not doing it in that order. We're going to have um, Terry Carlisle. This is Terry. Wow. Can you hear me okay? Um, so when I got the message from Pastor Brent to share, Papa Brent, um, my first thought was, um, well, I had just gotten home from seeing Star Trek. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was all thinking about all the heroic things that I've seen God do through the Holy Spirit in my life and the lives of so many others. And um, got excited, and um, it's like, okay, I can talk about that. I can talk about that. I can talk about that. And I went to sleep thinking big thoughts, and um, I'm sure I worshipped all night. I woke up in the morning, and the scripture that came to me was, I will not leave you orphans. Um, From from John 14. and. I've known that scripture, we've all known that scripture, but what the Lord revealed to me was, I will not leave you in that orphan state. So it's no longer, and I can tell you, I am no longer an orphan. You know, I woke up, um, you know, grew up with the broken family like so many Americans, and we look at it in the Bay Area and we see the true orphan spirits that are out there. And and it doesn't have to be that that way anymore. So I, I'm just calling forth the mothers and the fathers to go to East San Jose, to go to the other areas that that are are looking for that that no longer orphan spirit, and and we have it in this body. And and so go forth. 
So a couple of experiences um, along that line. I'll just tell you a couple because it's so great. Um, <laughs> um, one of the first ones was a correction. Um, in my orphan spirit, I believe that productivity made me who I was. I was good at my job, and, and I was strutted a bit. Um, and, and that that external identity was was wrong. And so seeing another through that external identity, I didn't see their value. Um, and I woke up from a, a dream, and the dream was that I was pouring this dirty water down the toilet. That dirty water was my job. Yeah, so I got up, went to the bathroom, and confessed that I don't want the temporal things. I want the eternal things to be accounted for me. Um, another vision that I had was during worship one time. I was up on a cliff with, with our Lord, and I just saw the multitudes worshiping him. It's like, yeah! And I'm like, why aren't they up here with us? <laughs> you know, the intimacy that, that you and I enjoy, why aren't they with us? And he said, go get them. <laughs> that's our Lord. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and that's... That's that dunamis power. It was changing my identity. Um, yeah. Another time, okay, I'm real. Another time I asked, I asked the Lord, because it works, why, why can't I lie? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like it was getting me out of trouble sometimes, or at least avoiding, right? Uh, so... This wasn't a dream. I woke up in the middle of the night, and my room was just filled with the glory of the Lord. And I don't know if it was him, just the Holy Spirit, just a touch and the taste of the kingdom, but this was years ago, and this is why I can tell you tonight, beyond a shadow of doubt, I love righteousness. It, the color I tasted, the music I felt, there wasn't a, a disconnect. It's not like color and light and music. and It's all together, and you just feel it all. And I, I can tell you that's, that's why sometimes I'll use different flags as I still to this day can see things in the spirit that are color. So when you're saying that, Brent, I thought maybe I should share that. Um, so, so then I'll just finish up real quickly because we have other people to share. Um, when I went to Africa last year for a few months, um, one of the first things that he stripped me of was time. Because <laughs> I'm pretty good at, you know, you tell me to speak for 10 minutes. I'm usually pretty good about that. When I go to an appointment for an hour, I know what it is. That first two weeks, I'm like, what time is it? What is it? So, I mean, in the kingdom of God, there is no time. So it was really great to be broken of that. Um, uh, but the biggest thing was walking into that that spirit of being a mother. Um, for the mothers out there, I think it was last weekend was Mother's Day. Bless you. Um, for the spiritual mothers out there, ooh, we got work to do, kids. Um, 
there is, I'll, I'll just tell you one story um, that, that shows the mother heart of God. Um, one of my girls, in, we were in a group of eight women in, in a room, in a house that we lived and loved each other. And one of my girls had gone out to a Friday night strike type thing where they were painting fingernails and toenails of the young prostitutes that um, could tell you that story, break your heart, but I'm not going there. Um, and so um, Elise was loving on this young young lady, and this guy wanted her. And um, and she's like, no, no, come over here. And at one of... One of our men tried to run interference, but the in this in I guess he has some kind of witchcraft or something. He just did like the Z over her. She started getting really, really sick, um, falling over, fainting. She just felt like there was just a, a gash, a spiritual gash across her stomach. Not trying to gross you out, but um, she came back. She barely made it back to the house. She started like really still sweating and 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 faint. And I, as as one of the mothers of the that facility I just with the authority that God gave me just started um, breaking that off of her just pouring the blood of Jesus which is beyond any power we know into her and just letting the spirit do his phenomenal work that he does so very well within 10 minutes um, maybe 15 she um, she just looked at me she smiled she said that the Lord told her that that blood that's now coming out of her, that spiritual blood is his blood. And every time she goes to hug somebody, um, <laughs> that's going to be on him. So, wow, wow. Um, so that's basically all I want to share. Todd, when I was up there, I was getting, um, this is the best cross training I can do. <laughs> and I started laughing because, you know, cross training. Anyway, so <laughs> as we walk out, as we walk out what he sings and leads us in worship, we're, we're walking out the cross. All right. Um, that was awesome. I'm going to have Misha come. Misha just came up to me at the end of worship and said, I, the Lord gave me a vision. And I said, why don't you share it? Because I'm going to have several people sharing. Because it is God's spirit who gives us visions. Hi. Um, okay, so during worship, Todd was singing his little bit um, where it was just him singing. And God talks to me a lot in pictures. And so I saw this scene, and it looked like this barren land that was winter, and it was covered with snow. And then all of a sudden, I saw the tiniest little buds start to come out. And as this little stem kept growing the seasons were changing really quickly behind it and then finally it got to a place where it bloomed and there's this one green leaf that was the richest color green I've seen and this tiny little drop formed on it like a little dew drop and it slowly rolled off the leaf and as it hit the ground the whole picture turned to color and suddenly all these plants started forming around it and it was colors that aren't normally what's there, like purples and pinks, but it was all these different colors, and that drop formed this river that started flowing, and as it did, all these animals started coming up and drinking for it, and I just felt like God was saying that 
there's people who may have been in seasons where it seemed to go on forever and you've had these promises and you're not seeing the fullness of what you're expecting and hoping for and god just wants to encourage you that the life is growing and that the revelation that comes from what you're going to bring is not only refreshment for you but that it's going to refresh people farther than the eyes can see and to just know that there is life that's coming about and just to restore hope Okay, I'm going to pray. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we just, God, we just bring a refreshing right now to this room, God, that the dreams of the heart that have started to shake, God, that you will bring refreshment to all those dreams, God, that you will enter directly into those hearts and that you will show them the signs of life that's growing and that that sign will be enough for them to hang on to and that they will know the promises that you have in them and the promises and the revelation that you're going to bring to others, God. And we just release your power over this room right now, God, your power and your color and your dreams, God, that dreams will be reawakened, that visions will be open, God, that eyes will see, ears will hear, God, and that your voice will be heard throughout all the voices of the people here, God, and outside of the room, and that it will continue on for generations to come, God. Just coincidence, right? That message, and Bill's message, and Cheryl's message. Yeah, no coincidences. I... Holy Spirit has some, every time we gather, he has something in mind. He probably has a lot of things in mind, but he's got a couple of things in mind that he's really wanting to make sure we get. Just, just like any good teacher, you know, of, of children, you don't want to teach them a bunch. You want to teach a couple of things really well, one thing really well until they get it. That's what he does. So I, obviously hope is a huge word tonight for everybody, every person in this room. And, and so I am, I am declaring it as well. Hope back into you. Hope restored. Hope restored. Hope restored. Hope restored. Wherever the enemy has tried to steal that from you. That's not God. You are a person of hope. You're a person of destiny. You're alive at the exact time he wants you to be alive. He knows right where he has you. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he's using you... Like in that vision to give others a big drink of who he is. Thank you, Lord. Shandy, are you here? Oh, Shandy Pekinen. I asked him to share an experience or two in the, of the spirit. <clears throat> So, we just, Holy Spirit, I ask that you just help my words, help my speaking, and just uh, land your word into people's hearts. Amen. How? So, I, I have two things to share. Um, one thing is, the first time I met the Holy Spirit, um, I was eight years old, and uh, I feel like this is a word for some of you, who all I share is... God meets us even when we're little. He does. It's not little Holy Spirit. It's actually big Holy Spirit. He's big to everybody, and uh, and it's phenomenal. Kids can get impacted. But when I was eight, I was in a service and I didn't know anything. Like 
I'm just walking around and kind of going, oh, God, like, parents, my adults look like they're having fun in church, and I, I'm bored. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> Is this just a grown-up thing? And uh, all of a sudden, I had this, I was Southern Baptist, still am, actually, um, and uh, <laughs> so ju- just bringing back the, our roots, you know, um, but uh, so I, uh, I was like, all of a sudden I was in this service and I had this feeling inside of me, it was uh, feeling like a tornado wh- whipping inside of me, this wind whipping inside of me, I was like, well, I know what that is, I thought, for some reason, anything that isn't out of experience, out of a Baptist mind, for some reason, especially Southern Baptist, if it's out of our experience and our knowing, it's the devil. <laughs> I don't understand that, how we get that theology. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't taught it either, that I know of. I just, since this good feeling, this tornado thing was inside of me, I was like, it must be a demon. And so I leaped around. I got prayer from people. And then I was like, I was eight. I'm thinking, demons don't like you laughing. So I'm going to grab one of my closest friends and we're going to skip around the church a couple of times laughing to get rid of the demon. That's how the Holy Spirit first met me. <laughs> in my unexpected, in an unexpected way. And how he just loves to meet us. Any way he wants. And if you'd let him, he'll meet you in just the weirdest places. Like, I was on a, um, I was at Great America at this theme park. And I was on, there's, one of my favorite rides there is Top Gun. And I get on Top Gun. I get on Top Gun and I sit down. And all of a sudden, I was with one of my closest friends. And all of a sudden, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit shows up on the scene Uh, more presently and I'm shaking on Top Gun while Top Gun is getting going it was the funnest ride I've ever had because here's waves of God's presence hitting me over and over and over and over and and it's flipping and twirling and uh, my friend's like we're both and, and the ride ends, and I'm almost falling out of my seat trying to get off the ride. Because that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't show up in the cookie-cutter box way. He just wants to be Him. He just wants to show up, and if you would say yes to Him, no matter whenever, He will show up. He'll show up in your business. He'll show up anywhere but you have to be willing for him to do whatever he wants and make you look like a fool because he actually knows what he's doing and he has the best in mind for you and where you're at. Ha ha. <laughs> Amen. Now, Shandy, did you, did you finish your little kid story because you were jumping around the room and... I don't know. Was there more to it? Or did you ever figure out it wasn't a demon? Okay, so uh, I got a little distracted. But that feeling went away when I skipped around the room. And uh, I always thought, for, from age 8 to about 14, 15, I thought that was still a demon. 
And I'm driving one time. It was probably when I was 15 and a half, 16. I'm driving, and the Lord goes, Hey, Shandy, Holy Spirit goes, Shandy, you remember when you were eight? I go, yeah. He goes, that's me. <laughs> oh. And this kind of repentiveness showed up in my heart. I'm like, I've been saying that was a demon for all this time. The, the evidence of that happening was that from that point on, I had demonic nightmares from the age of eight, uh, four to the age of eight, get shot in the dream, wake up in pain. From that night on, I was freed of that, that the, from eight on, I didn't have any nightmares, and I started going to trances, visions, visitations, visions, um, encountering the Lord, and He was real to me like He was in church. I actually wasn't bored in church anymore. Um, so, um, I, I, maybe bored with the songs, but never bored with the presence. So, all right, bless you. And that was the rest of the story. Uh, let's see. So, um, Lizzie Strong, why don't you come on up? Lizzie's going to share. Hello. Um, so, Pastor Brent called me this morning, and when I woke up, I had voicemails from him. And so, I listened to them. I slept in late. Um, <laughs> so he asked me to share today, and I listened to his message twice because I'm thinking, okay, what should I share about? Like, I know I experienced the Holy Spirit, and I've had experiences, but I didn't know what specifically I should share. And um, so I talked to him about it, and... One thing that came to mind that was significant to me, that happened to me in about the fall of 2010, it was when I was first getting to know Blazing Fire, and I went to Consumed when it was meeting in Castro Valley. And so it was my first night going to Consumed, and um, the leaders of the group at the time, Rebecca and Wayne, they, because I was new in the group, they prayed over me and laid their hands on me, and they anointed me with oil. And I remember after they were done, I still felt someone's hand on me, but no one had their hand on me. And so I had never experienced anything like that, it, that ex, to that extreme, um, and there's an angel touching me. And I just sat there, and I felt really good. And I was just filled with so much joy, and I just started laughing. And so that was just something, one experience that God gave me that was really special. Um, but along with that, I was just thinking about how I experienced the Holy Spirit just in general, and I feel like some people, you know, you hear these out there stories that are awesome, and they're real, and, um, but I haven't always experienced the Holy Spirit in that way. I experience Him, but it's in a bit more, more gentle way, um, and I don't know, it's cool, because I'll be out in public, I'll be at school, I'll be at work or whatever, and sometimes just his weightiness just will come upon my head, and I'll just feel his presence. And it's special to me because 
I'm not pursuing him. I'm not even thinking about him sometimes. And he just decides just to come upon me. And that's what makes it more special. Because it's not me trying to force it to happen. You know, trying to make him come and encounter me. But he's choosing to encounter me. And that's special. Um, And so I guess something I want to encourage you guys with. If any of you guys feel like maybe what you experience isn't as important or special maybe because you haven't had these elaborate sounding stories, which are also very special as well, but every way the Holy Spirit encounters us, whether it's in a quiet, gentle way or whether it's in a more outwardly expressive way, they're all equally important and special. So, yeah. (sighs) So, we can keep talking, or... That's the Holy Spirit. I wanted you, we could have had, uh, we could have had 50 of you share and you would have heard 50 very different stories. And sometimes even, even in church when we, um, when we have, you know, times when we call you forward for prayer. Um, even there, even though we have the best intentions, sometimes we're um, asking for a certain thing to happen or wanting God to show up in a certain way, and that's that's not terrible. But but he again, he's so much more creative than that. And I guess what I just I'm so appreciate what Lizzie shared, and and when she um, shared that earlier with me, I said, oh, that's perfect, because because I think sometimes a lot of us we can. If we don't have the same experience as somebody else does, we can right away go to, well, what's wrong with me anyway? You know, what's my problem? Well, nothing, actually. Um, in fact, the very, the very uh, issue of thinking there's something wrong is, is one of the problems, if you will, uh, because you're tearing yourself down. Rather than getting back in that childlike place, isn't that what Jesus said? It's just like a little child. And, um, and so just getting back in a childlike place of... Okay, Holy Spirit, come and play. Let's let's play any way that you want, um, and He will. Sometimes when we have when we have people forward for prayer, sometimes people get touched right right as it happens. Other times, they don't. And and as a pastor, you know, as a shepherd, I want to make sure that those who aren't getting touched aren't feeling like again there's something wrong with them. God's mad at them. They didn't do it right. Whatever. It's like no, no, no. Every time we pray, if I could go back to those images, something amazing is going on in the spirit. Whether or not you're showing it, something's showing up for you physically right there or not, is not even the issue because we're just agreeing and and letting ourselves stay in this place in the spirit. So. Um, Wow. So having said all that, I, there's a couple, two things, two things to start with. I want to ask that those, those people who shared um, tonight, if you would come back up, because just so that you're available, you may or may not end up saying anything on the microphone, but just, just come up here with me and kind of, let's just scope out together what, you know, see what God's up to. 
And um, the other thing, Todd um, and Sierra, and I, I know everyone else unplugged, is it possible to get up and sing again a certain song that we sang earlier? Um, I don't know that we're, we'll have the words anymore, but um, if it's possible to get the words up, that'd be awesome. What I'd love for you to sing is um, For the Sake of the World. Come light a fire in me. Something was going on uh, when we were singing that in my spirit, deep in my spirit. Because it really is what Pentecost is all about. For the sake of the world, light a fire in me. Sometimes we make it too much about us individually. You know, God, how come I'm not feeling you the way I want to? And I'm not saying that's a bad prayer. God will still hear your heart. But just understand something. His ultimate destiny for you is for you to be with him forever in heaven. And when that happens, let me tell you, there's going to be zero disappointment left in your life. Zero. In his presence. And so, in this life, it is for you, but it's for you for the world. It's for you to pour out to the world. There is a purpose why we're here, what, we're, what we are to do with all this good stuff we get filled up with. And it is to go out. And so... Um, yeah, go ahead and play a little bit and we'll get to it. All right. So, let Can we get the words up or not? Awesome. Okay. All right, you know what, Shandy, go for it now. Oh, so 